Man, so I'm excited to talk about relationships. I, I've been re- really waiting for this all year. We're waiting for basics. So if you're new, um, can everybody get their hands ready? If you're new here tonight, if you're a guest, um, we just want to welcome you, say we love you. On the count of three, can we make noise to all of our first-time guests? Come on. We love you so much. Thank you for coming. You're the reason why we do this. You're the reason why we're here. Um, so thank you for coming. Shout out to everyone here. So, man, I- I'm looking at everybody's face. I'm getting like a facial scan right now because I want to see you next Tuesday. And I want to see you with your homies, with your coworkers. Amen. So this is our older young adult service. And at 8.30 is our younger one. I'm excited for tonight, basics, week one. We take every single February of every year to talk about relationships, dating, and sex God's way. Amen? So I'm excited for this. How about you push the person next to you and say, you ready for tonight? You ready? You ready? You ready? Amen. Basics. Basics. So this series, let me give you a quick little wrap-up. By the way, is anybody here like a frequent podcaster? Like you love podcasts? Oh, my gosh. I love you, too. Well, if you search up NBYA, New Birth Young Adults, you will find us. Uh, Our team is so amazing. They upload the sermons literally, like, before midnight tonight. Like, they're insane. Like, you can go to work in the morning re-listening to tonight's message. It's pretty nuts. Um, The team is amazing. So, man, it's a great refresher, right? It's a great refresher. Right after service, we're not going to be leaving out through there because we have a whole other service about to come in. We're going to leave through this exit door, and there's a nice... uh, walkway of bricks. We just got, like, pressure washed. Um, so it's nice. Your, your kicks will be okay, you know. I'll be afraid to bring my nice kicks to Parnell. Anybody else? I'm not trying to leave a Parnell feet, if you know what I mean. If you don't know what that term means, just keep coming. And um, so I'm excited to preach. I titled this sermon, Comparison Kills. Comparison Kills. We're talking about dating, relationships. We're talking about marriage. Uh, I, I'm in a new season myself, you know what I'm saying? I put a ring on it. Here's my first idea. Uh, if you're single, put, go ahead, put the first idea. Single. If you're single, the best time to invest in your future marriage is before you get married. <laughs> this is for somebody in the room. Because you, you can't go to this series and be like, oh, I ain't married yet. This ain't for me. He ain't talking to me. No, I'm talking to you. <laughs> if you're single, I want to help you. The best time to prepare for your marriage is not on the wedding day. It's not in your honeymoon. It is right now. To be the best husband you can be. Be the best wife you can be. If you're single, man, the best time to invest in your future marriage, to prepare yourself, is before you get married. So this is for all the single people. My next idea, man, if you're married, the best time to make your marriage better is now. Not when you get that job. Not when you have that baby. Not when you get that promotion. Not when you get that house. Not when you move out. The best time to make your marriage better is right now. This is for everybody. Somebody say, this is for everybody. Comparison kills. Here's the truth. Next idea. The standard for relationships today are so dysfunctional. When you look at culture, society, uh, uh, when you look at different movies, we're going to talk about a couple of them. Man, the standard for relationships are so dysfunctional. Can I prove it to you? Can I talk to you about, uh, uh, you know, we all know this love story, Romeo and Juliet. Can I talk to you one time? About Romeo, oh Romeo, oh Romeo, where art thou, Romeo? Can I talk to you about Romeo and Juliet? You see, you see, they're young teenagers. They meet in one day and try to get married the next day. That's bad relationships. 
<laughs> they're teens. And they meet. And like, she is the most beautiful. I'm going to marry her tomorrow. Insane. Juliet ends up faking her own death. And I'm going to preach about this. Because there's some, some lessons tucked in these movies and these dysfunctional stories that we tend to compare to our actual lives. Juliet takes her own death. And then he takes his life in her tomb. So she wakes up and she's like, oh, I forgot to tell him I was just kidding. <laughs> Juliet finds him dead and then kills herself. This isn't a love story. This is a five-day infatuation that leaves five people killed. <laughs> Here's a lesson I get from Romeo and Juliet. Ready? Next point. Uh, good communication is key. <laughs> like, if you're going to fake it death, let me know you're faking it. But we say, oh, I want to love. Like, no, you don't. They met in a day, married in a day, and died five days later. And they killed people on the way. Insane. But that's what we, that's what we base our relationships on. Oh, where's my Romeo? Where are thou, Romeo? Where's my Juliet? <laughs> Where is she? She's crazy. She's young. Back up, down. All right? She could be your daughter. Next movie. Um, <laughs> Beauty and the Beast. How many of you guys seen Beauty and a Beast? I like that. That's the, that's the ghetto version. Beauty and a Beast. <laughs> okay, so the Beast is a man cursed to be an animal. Don't date people who are cursed, by the way. Can I tell you that? If someone has a hex over their life, if someone is, like, consciously walking the other direction, let go and let God. Can I get an amen in the back? <laughs> One day a woman finds him in a castle, marries him, and they live happily ever after. But by the way, do you know that he actually tries to kill her father? He actually locks her in a cell. Hey, if, you, if your boo lock you in a cell, don't date him. Here's my next point. I can pull this away. If he's an animal, don't date him. <laughs> you know what? I don't know, girl. He's just an animal. He's crazy. But I love him. No, girl, let it go. <laughs> you got to get that frozen blessing over you. Let it go. He's an animal. But I like, I like, I like dirt bags. No, you don't. Here's the truth. Here's the truth. Trash attracts trash. So if all you're looking for is someone to just mess your life up, you're probably messed up. You got to learn how to love yourself so that you can find someone that will actually start loving you. Can we talk about the Titanic real quick? It's a great movie. It's great, right? No, it's not. Rose goes on a cruise with her fiancé. Let's really look at Titanic. Her fifi. She on a cruise. That's basically her honeymoon. Am I right? Like before the honeymoon? No, it's not a honeymoon, but I'm saying like it's a trip before the, the real trip. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I went to I went to Columbia engaged. I don't know why. It's just Columbia just felt different. Like it just the plane felt different. Cause you know, it was like, ooh, you know, we engaged. She on a cruise with her fiance. And by the way, Jack. Finds her, not dancing. He finds her trying to kill herself. Did you know the movie? He's like, wait, don't jump. 
Oh, she's so pretty when she's suicidal. <laughs> if she's probably trying to end her life, don't date her, bro. Here's what's funny. She decides not to go on the lifeboat, right? Women and children, women and children on the lifeboat. She's like, I'm good. It's a guy I met a couple days ago. He's not my, my fiance. Man, if she leaves her fiance that quickly, she'll leave you just that quick. She just met you, bro. Here's what I could put out of that. And here's the thing. Like, like, like there, we all know there was so much room on that door. You know what I'm saying? There was so much room. Can we be real? Can we be real? Like, I watched that movie. I'm like, yo, they both could have fit right there. She crazy. But here's my next idea, man. If someone stepped on someone else for you, they'll step on you for themselves. If someone stepped on someone else for you, they'll step on you for themselves. Nah, there ain't, ain't space for two, dog. I'll never let go. Bye. And here's the thing. Y'all, I'm sorry I just ruined like three of your favorite movies. But the reality is that we sometimes tend to compare our future and who we want to be with on dysfunctional relationships. Proverbs 14, 12, this is how the Proverbs puts it. There is a way that appears to be bright, but in the end it leads to death. There's a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. Here's my next idea. It's good ideas and good intentions that can derail your life. Oh, but it was a good idea. But now you're way further than you, you was a year ago. Oh, but she had good intentions. I promise she did. But now it's all exposed and you're all out there. And now you got to go through a process. Ephesians 5.21 puts it this way. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. This is what your marriage ought to be. Who can submit the most? That's what marriage looks like. Who can submit the most? Today, who's going who's gonna to serve more? Who's going to do it? Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Genesis 2.24-25. The Bible's filled with this. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Next idea. Marriage offers sex without shame. And I'm just going to park right here. <laughs> when you get married, you know what it offers? Sex without shame. Sex without, oh. And pornography is sex with yourself, but you still feel shame. Sex wasn't meant to be done alone, right? But sex outside of marriage still brings shame. I don't feel no shame. That's what some of you in here right now, you probably talk to people, I don't feel no shame. Well, just on to the next one. Just, just bounce it off me. This is, what we, this is what sometimes we say, right? Here's the next idea. I, I use protection, though. And you think that's safe. Because you're not married, but you use protection. But this... Sex is deeper than the flesh. It's like so deep. I use protection. Yeah, I use protection. Next idea. There's not a condom big enough for your heart. Yeah, you use protection. But ain't no condom big enough for your soul. I let that thing go. No, no, no. Every time you have sex outside of marriage, you're giving a piece of yourself out to somebody. 
and a piece of yourself. And you're wondering why sometimes we feel so empty. Because everybody's got a piece. Sex outside of marriage becomes a competition of comparison. That one was all right. Let's go to the next one. This one was okay. I like that part of that. And that's not how marriage is supposed to be. Marriage is like a boundary to have the most fun in sex. Marriage is the boundary to go. No competition here. Let's just try a bunch of things. Let's do a bunch of stuff. And we're just going to end up, you know, having fun. But outside of the boundary of marriage, you get shame. You, you feel that, man, I'm not, this isn't supposed to be right. What I'm, what I'm trying to say is my sermon title, Comparison Kills. And some of you are married, and you're looking at other marriages saying, if only my wife was like that. Some of you guys are actually dating. You're like, if only he did that like that dude did that for his girl. Comparison kills, y'all. It kills. It kills. It kills. Next idea. Listen, if you want to kill it, compare it. Like, what's going on at YA on Tuesday nights, it's untouchable, right? Like, I love it so much. Do you guys love your church? I love my church. You know the quickest way to kill a vibe? Comparing this church to someone else. Oh, but what about elevation? It's like, who's talking? Who, what, what? Like, I got like a brain fart. I'm like, you ever try to compare something that's not supposed to be compared? It's like, no, no, it's, this isn't a competition. This isn't a comparison. What churches do, you know what we do? We collaborate. We don't compare. We don't compete. There's a collaboration in this thing. If you want to kill a vibe, compare the vibe to something else. You could be talking to someone, and, and automatically you just start thinking of other people you should talk to. Cut that out. You probably got to work on yourself and look at yourself. And I'm, I'm trying to help you because, because in the church, what we do is, next idea, we don't compare. We collaborate for your single life, for your dating life, for your marriage. We do not compare. We collaborate. So, yeah, there's a couple for you that's doing well off. Go up to that couple. Hey, so how y'all doing? So, how, so what's, what's y'all, how do y'all keep it spicy? You know, what's the chili flakes? You know, chili flakes, you add it on the meal, it's like a bit more like flakes. Like, that's hot now. What's the chili flakes in your marriage? You guys with me? Here's the thing. You can compare for the good things and you can compare for bad things, but both are still wrong. Oh, but they're just so well off, but we're not well off. No, don't compare and collaborate. Man, what are y'all doing? We're tithing. <laughs> Come on, somebody. For us, God's the most important thing. And sometimes in life, it seems like money's the most important thing. So we've decided that our money belongs to God to show him he's the most important thing. Man, find a couple. Find a single person that's dating right. I heard someone say this. Your dating life should be so well that you, the people you date should probably end up in your, your wedding one day. Like, it's such a good and healthy dating life. You're not in her pants. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a hot, who are you? How you doing? Like, you make a friend, right? Like, you honestly made a good relationship, and then, and then you're there, and you're like, ooh, I don't like, you know, your laugh. And this, I could probably push through it, and, oh, I don't like your attitude. I could probably push through it. Like, I don't like your spirit. It's like, I don't like you. Bye-bye. But I don't know what you look like naked. You know what I mean? Like. I'm able to safely back up. I said, we went out for coffee three times. It didn't work. It just didn't work. 
but my dating life is so healthy that, 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 I, that I can end up just making a friend out of this. I think we got to date more. You know what I'm saying? And here's the thing. When I was in middle school and high school, when you talked, you weren't talking. You were making out. <laughs> we're talking. You guys say no words to each other. Your tongue is down her throat, dog. You guys aren't talking at all. I don't see any talking going on. We're talking. You're having sex with each other. Stop, stop acting like you're talking. There's so much physical just junk going on. Can the church say when talking, it really means talking? Like, can we, can we be the ones? Can it be us? Like, yeah, I date a couple people. We just talk. But, because that's how it's supposed to be. Like Chick-fil-A and Popeye's. Like, don't compare those, y'all. Like, stop. Can we stop that? Because I feel so bad when I walk into a Chick-fil-A. And I'm like, ah, but I don't got the Popeyes. But it's still good, you know what I'm saying? And I can't eat Popeyes every day. I can't do it. Can you eat Popeyes every day? So you're like, yeah. You could. Not me, though. You got to bounce around, you know what I'm saying? One day Chick-fil-A, one day Popeyes. One day Chipotle. Back to Chick-fil-A. Back to Popeyes. What sucks is when you're trying to enjoy something, you're trying to enjoy something, but you're comparing it, it steals the joy out of what you're doing. Trying to compare it. Listen, the Popeye sandwich, Chick-fil-A sandwich, it's a different price. Can we, a different person made it. It's coming from a different house. There's a different process. There's different ingredients. There's different management. You might be on waiting line on the Popeyes, you might get shot. You're waiting in line at a Chick-fil-A, you might get evangelized too. I mean, it's just like, it's like you flipped the coin. How can you even compare? And you know what? I don't, I don't mind risking it sometimes going to Popeyes. I don't mind risking it. But why we got to compare? Next idea, listen, y'all. Let's end the comparison. Listen, they're both great. Can we just say that? And can you say that about your life? Man, she's good. And my wife is good, too. They're both it's great wives. My husband's great. And that husband, I see him, I, when I compare it, there's different strengths and weaknesses. But they're both just great. My dating life, man, his dating life is a bit better. But, you know, they're both just great. And, and when we compare, next idea, when we compare, one has to be better. That's the danger of comparison. Because when you compare, one always has to be a bit better. And I, I promise you, like, if you're single in here, you got to catch this. You got to catch this before you get into marriage. Like, I, I really dislike people who look to Christians for Christianity instead of looking to Jesus. Because they make excuses of why they can't be who God called them to be. Because of people being the example instead of Jesus being the example. No, I've tried church before. I've seen hypocrites. No, try Jesus and Jesus and Jesus and Jesus and Jesus and Jesus. And he'll take you home. So when you compare relationships, man, one is always going to be better in your eyes. I love Ephesians. You see, Paul, Paul is hitting that. I like to worship to him. Come on, we're ending this. I'm actually like worshiping. Come up. So Paul in Ephesians, he's writing. So every time we read, every time we mention a Bible verse in uh, YA service, the 7 p.m. service, I expect you guys to go home and take the book and the chapter and just read the whole chapter. Can we do that? It says that those those who read the Bible most of their week, uh, they're more likely to evangelize other people because they feel strong in their faith. 
they're more like they're more likely to to not fall into the same sins, to not fall into depression, to not live a life of anxiety because you're so caught in the word. You know who God is and you know who he's called you to be. You know the truth of who he is. You know the promises of God. Oh, I wish I had a church in here. And you're literally able to walk through hell and fire and valleys knowing that God is with you. See, without the word of God, you got the enemy louder than the, the Holy Spirit in your life. And when you read the Bible more, and when you get into the word, you have the Holy Spirit, the ghost writer, speaking through you. And you think the, you're reading the Bible, but the Bible's reading you. So we see in Ephesus, right? That's the, that's the city that Paul's writing to. And, and he, he names this letter Ephesians. And this is insane. Like, so if you're married or not, doesn't matter. This is for you. Because these, these verses, like, define evangelism. It defines spreading the gospel. It's pretty insane. Y'all feeling good tonight? Y'all feeling good? It says this. For this reason, I'm going to read off the screen with you guys. For this reason, a man will leave his father. You can see this is a lot like Genesis, right? Can I encourage you? When you see something weird that people are saying or believing, let me help you out. Scripture always interprets scripture. So if you see something and you're interpreting pretty weird, find it somewhere else in the Bible. It'll double down and, and knock you out. So in Genesis, we read that a man leaves a man. He leaves a father and mother, and, and they get, you know, one flesh. So in Ephesians, we see it again. This is Paul writing to the church of Ephesus. He's showing them how to live, how to communicate the gospel. And he's using the example of marriage. And he says this, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and will be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery. Ooh but what I'm talking about is Christ in the church. Keep that verse. Don't move it. We're going to park right there. So he's talking about a marriage. But he's using it as an example. Right here where it says, but he's changing it. He's changing the literature. He's like, so a man and a woman... They join each other, they get married, they become one flesh. But what I'm trying to talk to you about is this profound mystery of Christ and the church. Next verse. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. So, so he's saying... This whole thing of Jesus and you, Jesus and you, is like a marriage of a man and a woman. The man loving her as he loves himself and the woman respecting him to the utmost degree. Now for some of us that's challenging. Because if we ever preach the gospel this way, we probably get looked at sideways. This is what Paul's trying to say. So imagine you, you, you're at your job, right? You're trying to evangelize. See, bro, hey, man, so can I tell you about the gospel? So this is how much Jesus loves you, right? How much I love my wife. And your coworkers are like, oh, wow, I want to get saved. Or, oh, wow, I don't want to get saved. <laughs> so Paul's saying. To use this gospel as an example, can I talk to you about a marriage? One man and woman com committing to each other forever. 
A man and woman laying their lives down. Who's going to serve each other more today? Who's going to love each other more today? Who's going to forgive each other more today? Who's going to lay it down more today? Who's going to do it? Who's going to do it? Who's going to do it? That's how much Jesus loves you. That's how much he wants you. That's how much he wants to be with you. That's how much it is. Can I crack some myths? Next idea. Listen, marriage is not a paper. It's a covenant. Next idea. Listen, marriage is worth it. But we're married in our hearts. Stop it. If you're married in your hearts and your heart's broken, you'll leave. But when you make a covenant, your word goes before your heart. Your, your, your mind and your mind and your soul and your heart commits with someone to walk this thing out. Next idea. Marriage, like anything that's great, takes work. It's so hard. Pastor, you don't, being married is so hard. Anything that's great takes work. Give me one thing great, driving. Right? Driving is great. You didn't just jump in the car and just pull off. You got to take a test. You got to study. You got to take an online test to bring your friend that just passed it. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I'm venting. Anything that's great takes work. It's so hard, yeah. Here's what Paul's trying to do. Last idea I'm in tonight. Paul is comparing marriage. Paul's comparing God's love for you. God's love for you. And can I encourage you, single or married, to be ready for marriage or to make your marriage better, you really got to understand how much Jesus loves you. You really got to understand how much he's forgiving you. You really got to get that just wrecked every day. Wake up, wrecked. Go to bed, wrecked. Wake up, wrecked. This is crazy. 